Hello, and welcome to Paradigm Blog. How can we live by our values? And furthermore, how can we contribute something to the world around us and make it better? Those are my two main topic and interests in life. I want to talk healthcare a bit. And what is in my mind is the leadership and organizational side of it. I want to open us with a basic thing. That is, that healthcare is by nature one of the so called servant professions. This is not just an expression, but actually means a lot. And here I am, primarily speaking to all those working in this sector. Here is what this means and implicates. I hear a lot about the essence of healthcare are patients. It is all about patients. Patients are number one in our concerns. And indeed, it is right to think this way for a doctor. It is a servant profession by its nature. But the problem comes when a doctor becomes a leader or even a manager. If it is all about patients all around the healthcare sector, well, then who cares about healthcare workers? A rule in such professions is as follows. If leaders and managers care well for healthcare workers, then they will take good care of their patients. Do you have good working conditions in which you can do your work well and responsibly? Sadly, this question is, according to my experience, more or less rhetorical when talking about a healthcare sector. And, coming up this far with my message, I hope you understand why it matters and how much it matters. So, my conclusion is as follows. Doctors, by how they develop their mindset through the study of medicine and every day through doing their work, are hardwired to do what they do for their patients. To prioritize patients and their needs is a noble thing. But, to make this possible, Someone must prioritize doctors and other workers in healthcare. And these someones are leaders and managers. And this right here is where the healthcare sector is failing. Give me some comments on this. Your perspective on the healthcare sector highlights a crucial and often overlooked aspect the well being and support of healthcare workers themselves. You're emphasizing that while healthcare professionals are trained and inclined to prioritize patients, which is commendable, there needs to be a corresponding focus on the professional's own needs and working conditions. This is a significant insight because it recognizes that caring for caregivers is not just an act of kindness, but a strategic necessity for effective healthcare delivery. The concept that effective leadership and management in healthcare should focus as much on healthcare workers as on patients is compelling. It suggests a holistic approach where the health and welfare of the staff are seen as integral to patient care quality. This approach could lead to better job satisfaction, reduced burnout, and consequently, improved patient care and outcomes. However, 
This perspective also raises questions about the practicalities of such an approach in the often resource-strained and high-pressure environment of healthcare. How can leaders and managers balance the needs of patients and healthcare workers, especially in settings with limited resources or in crisis situations? Additionally, it's worth considering how such an approach can be integrated into the broader healthcare system, which often emphasizes efficiency and cost-effectiveness. Overall, your viewpoint sheds light on an essential aspect of healthcare that merits more attention and discussion, particularly in healthcare policy and management circles. Such an excuse of practicalities and resource-strained environment is a bad attempt to wash someone's hands clean when there are so many unrealized potentials in the sectors. It seems to me that all the burden falls down to workers. So, if there is more work to do, then workers must work harder and longer. But it should not be this way. There is digitalization that must do its part. There are some varieties of organizing work that can prove to be helpful. This challenge must be tackled from many aspects and on various different ways. And this is what managers and leaders must be able to do. If not, they are not right ones for the job. And even the sole thought of going over the full capacity is absurd. We all understand if there is a machine doing its work, that it has a certain prescribed capacity. It can make, for example, 100 products an hour. If we want to do more, we need to buy a new machine. But when it comes to people, we extend these capacities over and beyond any sensible extent. We say it is only possible to treat 20 patients a day, but we have to treat 30 or 40 or even more. It is 100% inevitable for quality and value for the patient to drop with this. So, where is the care for a patient now? If a human being does more than is possible, quality falls down. And he or she does even more. Quality falls down more. Being overburdened. Disease kicks in and absence from work rises and even more work falls on those who are keeping things running. So the quality, inevitably, of course, falls even more. So, who, with a sensible mind, would choose such a development of events? And these cannot go any other way. And there is even more. A so-called work overload. As theory calls oversized work burdens, will bring even more negative impacts. If energy drainage happens, it gets more and more difficult for a person to perform internal tasks connected with self-awareness and self-control. These are psychological activities that demand a substantial amount of energy from us. Speaking in practical terms, a work overload means more emotional eruptions, more yelling, it means being controlled by emotions a lot more than we should be. You put resentment over professionalism. You choose motives like revenge, 
because you are unable to process well what happens to you in your workplace. It can become an ill-working environment, which hurts performance or quality of treatment even more. I could go on, because there are even more aspects of this. But, again, I conclude as follows. There is no upside in going over the limit of what a person can do or how much work a person is capable of doing. The upside is seen only to an eye that only sees as far as tomorrow and no day after it. There is no real upside. If we think this way, we can stop overburdening our health workers. We can enable them to have more clear minds and to make better decisions, to have better relationships among themselves, and so on. If we stop overburdening our health workers, we will finally realize that we need to look into digitalization and innovations to upgrade the capacity. Essentially, we will finally realize that managers are people who are educated and trained to draw success and progress from a palette or a variety of sources. You've raised several critical points regarding the sustainability and ethics of healthcare work environments. The comparison of healthcare workers to machines, expected to exceed their capacity without adequate support, is particularly striking. It highlights a systemic issue in many healthcare systems where the focus is on immediate outcomes. Often at the expense of long term sustainability and worker well being. Your emphasis on the negative consequences of work overload is crucial. It's not just about the physical toll on healthcare workers, the psychological impact, including decreased self awareness, self control, and increased emotional volatility, can significantly affect the quality of care provided. This insight aligns with research showing that overworked healthcare professionals are more likely to experience burnout, leading to poorer patient outcomes. The potential of digitalization and innovative work organization as solutions is an important point. These tools can help manage workload, improve efficiency, and potentially enhance the quality of patient care. However, they require strategic implementation and a cultural shift within the healthcare sector. Emphasizing worker welfare as a priority. Your argument culminates in a powerful conclusion. Overburdening healthcare workers is short-sighted and ultimately detrimental to both workers and patients. It calls for a re-evaluation of healthcare management and leadership priorities. Emphasizing sustainable practices and the long-term well-being of both healthcare workers and patients. This perspective provides a valuable framework for discussing and addressing the challenges facing the healthcare sector today.
Okay. I have more. More thoughts to cover. Because I can see from practice that changes are slow. I do understand that there are more reasons. But let's just look at one example. A talk between a head of a department and a specialist in that same department. So, a specialist comes up with an idea about a software program that could take good care of part of the daily obligations in that department. Having a background in IT and developing such products, he asks the head of department if he could take a week off to work on that program. And the answer was You are much more valuable doing doctor's work than building an application. Taking a look at that, there are things that come to mind. But what strikes me most is the time horizon in which that head of department thinks in. On one side, we have five days without that certain specialist. On the other side, a product that could potentially save time to all workers in the department pretty much forever. Let's just have some theory kick in for that. What seems to me is that here we only have the lower level of goals and planning. If your leader that is probably head of department thinks about what you have to achieve today or tomorrow or maybe a week or two ahead that is what is called an operational level of planning. This level is essential and needed. But it is important to know something more about this level. So, an operational level of planning does something. It makes most of the working resources fixed. Again, to be practical. Thinking about tomorrow. If you expect many patients, you cannot buy and deliver new equipment. You cannot develop a software tool or employ a new worker. You cannot build a new building to expand your working space. You can maybe call in an additional worker that should, by initial plan, have a rest day. Or maybe borrow someone from another department. This is what is called that most of resources are fixed and only a few are variable and workable or changeable. If we want our working environment to progress or to develop, we need to also change those other parts. We need innovations. We need to replace some equipment. And sometimes we will also need to construct a new building. 
Thankfully, there are two more essential levels in planning. One is tactical planning. And number two is strategic planning. We can think about our goals in the next two, three, or six months, or up to about one year. We would call that level a tactical planning. What it does is that it makes more working resources variable and changeable. If we have six months till somebody will measure our results, we may start to think it is better to give that specialist a whole month off to develop that software tool. Because if it works, we will be able to achieve a lot more in the next six months than we would be with our current working process or technology. Furthermore, if we think in years, that is measure how much we can do or achieve in three, five, or even 10 or more years. This will eventually make all of the resources variable or changeable. In such a time horizon, you are able to change processes, change the definition of roles or structures of teams. You are able to digitalize or even build new facilities. And so on. So, in which one of the planning horizons does your leader think? Does anyone in your workplace think of the tactical and strategic horizon? Does anyone crack his or her head? about possibilities of introducing digital technologies or introducing organizational novelties into your work. Think about this because it counts for a lot. Your detailed analysis of the varying planning horizons in healthcare management offers insightful reflections on the challenges of implementing change in this sector. The anecdote about the specialist with an IT background and the head of the department illustrates a common dilemma. The tension between immediate operational needs and long-term strategic development. You've effectively outlined the differences between operational, tactical, and strategic planning. The focus on operational planning, as in the example you gave, often prioritizes immediate needs and outputs, potentially at the expense of long-term improvements and innovations. 
this short-term focus can hinder the adoption of potentially beneficial technologies or processes that require initial time investment but offer significant long-term gains. The need for healthcare leaders to embrace tactical and strategic planning is crucial. This broader perspective allows for the incorporation of innovations like digital technologies and organizational changes, which can significantly enhance efficiency and quality of care in the long run. It requires a shift in mindset from dealing with day-to-day -day challenges to envisioning and working towards a more efficient, effective future state. Your reflection prompts important questions about how healthcare organizations can balance these different planning horizons. To not only meet immediate operational demands, but also invest in long-term improvements that could fundamentally enhance the way healthcare is delivered. It is awful to see young healthcare workers who follow professional guidelines being ridiculed. It is awful to see those who want to stick with rules and want to keep within the prescribed numbers of patients being denoted as weak. Of course, keeping within those numbers gives us quality. Go beyond those numbers and you will lose quality. Lose quality. And patients will not be treated well and will return for a new or repeated process. Those who understand this wider picture better and are right in their claims are marked. This is the system that does not know which way is up and which way is down. What we need is their thinking becoming the rule. We are now in those negative circles that I described before, that are lowering the capacities of our system more and more. And we need their mentality to be heard more and lead it all to initiate those positive circles of events. A sensible workload, a more clear mind, better relationships, better decisions, a space for novelties and innovations. And we need servants in place of leaders and managers, those who will jump not to ridicule and mock, but to help their co-workers, to ask them a simple question, what do you need so you are able to do your job well?